The following program is rated D for dumb. The following podcast is rated D for dumb. You're listening to Dumbing It Down with Dave, the fastest podcast on earth. Listen to Dave commute to and from work on the New York State Thruway in his 2008 Kia Rio LX. He talks about pragmatism, truth, happiness, and the search for it all. Join Dave as he asks and tells you how life ought to be. And now, here's Dave. Well, hello, everybody. How are you? Why am I yelling? Why am I doing this voice? Ready to dumb it down? Excellent. Yes. Are you ready? That's like an announcer voice. Are you ready? I'm ready. Stomach it down. It is uh, 6.15. It is October 15th. 6.15 p.m. And it is October 15th. Mid-month. Mid-October. Halfway to Halloween, I guess. If you're into that sort of thing. I am not. But if you are, good for you. And it is a Tuesday. And I am on my way to work. Overtime. Overtime, baby. The first of five days in a row. It seems like I just did episode 161 telling you I'm on my way home. And here it is, 162. I'm on my on my way into work. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm like a robot. I'm on my way into work. Oh. Anyway, I really, I got to tell you, this is interesting for me because I don't really remember much. <laughs> Of episode 161. I don't even think uh, I re-listened to it or listened to it. Because normally what I do is I'll record it for the first half hour, you know, leaving the the job. And then I'll start listening to it to make sure that it's recorded. Because I don't want to send out uh, a horrible recording, you know, whatever could possibly happen. I am using the Spreaker Studio uh, recording app. So nothing should go wrong. But just in case... And just in case I said something really horrible, which I don't think I've ever have, you know, I might want to say, well, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna publish that. Maybe whatever for whatever reason. But I, I barely remember hearing it, and then before you know it, I'm publishing it. I think I was publishing it from my wife's car, the Subaru, on my way to my parents, as I was immediately whisked away, you know, from my job, from my home in Saugerties straight down to Brooklyn to see my mom and dad, and um, I don't really remember much of the, the episode, but I, I, I think I might have spoken about the fact I was going to be up for about 30 hours, which I think I was. I think we got home about 11 or 15 p.m., so 11, 15 to 11, 15 is 24 hours. Uh, I was at work... Uh, I think at about 6 o'clock or whatever, it doesn't really matter, that day. So that would be like 30 hours, and I was up hours before that. I was up, yeah, probably for about 30-some-odd hours uh, from the minute I woke up uh, Saturday afternoon. Then I went to the gym. Yeah, so that's really painful, and that's only once every six weeks I'll do that, which is really plenty. That is really enough. Once every six weeks, I will not sleep. Uh, did I nap on the way down? I think I fell asleep for like 15, 20 minutes on the way down. And uh, my wife said I did not snore. And then on the way back, I think I slept for like an hour uh, at a certain point. We did stop for dinner. Anyway, why am I giving you my itinerary? For those of you who have never listened to the show, you're new to Dumbing It Down with Dave. Just trying to give you an update as to what my life is like. Uh, because it is Dumbing It Down with Dave. If it was Dumbing It Down with Dave with Julia... 
then, you know, we were talking about Julia. But this is dumbing it down with Dave. And I'm dumbing down my life for you. I'm telling you that I I did five days of, uh, a week, five days in a row of truck driving, which is really enough right there, which is a word I love to use. That's enough. Five days in a row. It's enough. What, what, what are you going to do now, Dave? Oh, I, I think I'm allowed to do nothing now. I think at this point, I'm allowed to do whatever I want. I've earned it. I don't like to use uh, the phrase earned it uh, uh, often. Uh, I don't know if we ever earn anything. But, you know, nothing. Sit there in my underwear or not and watch drag racing or, you know, Hogan's Heroes or overeat. I like the overeating part. Uh, you know, but I didn't. I I got in a car and I went down to Brooklyn. And we got stuck in traffic in a couple of spots. That was aggravating. Sunday afternoon traffic, just no reason. There's no accident. There's just not enough cars. There's not enough road for the cars, or there's too much cars for the road because there is not enough mass transit on a Sunday. There's just these bottlenecks. And by the way, here's a number I always like to throw around. I'm 56 years old. I lived in New York City almost all my life. And even though I live upstate, I am very connected to New York City. The bottlenecks that exist are the same bottlenecks that have always existed. The same problems, the same ramps, on ramps, on off ramps, the same merges, the same flood zones, the same traffic lights, the same everything. And this is part of that malaise. That this particular malaise has been going on ever since. There's just something about traffic in New York City that uh, the people in charge can't get a hold of. And I always say, put me in charge. Put me in charge. I'll, I'll fix it. But. I'm sure I wouldn't be able to because it would cost money and they wouldn't let me spend money and all that. But And we would try to change the mindset, try to change the mindset of drivers, but you'd never be able to do that. Never be able to do that. I don't want to say never. No, that's not true. It would take a long time. It would take a lot of money. Of course we could change the mindset. You tell everybody you're going to be on a luxury bus instead of sitting in traffic that you get free water for the first year and, I don't know, personal television via satellite like you do on JetBlue I think it would work I would work with the people from JetBlue and we would have JetBlue bus and you'd be able to move about the five boroughs and the the suburbs of Long Island and uh, I guess maybe New Jersey, Connecticut via JetBlue bus and there would be these huge parking lots all over the place and they would take you from here to there you know, from this parking lot to that parking lot and which you would get on a train and would take you to your destination and so on and so forth and we would make it affordable because everybody would be doing it. Why would everybody be doing it, Dave? Americans love their cars. Well, we would change the mindset. We would have a lot of deals, wheels and deals. Wheels? Wheeling and dealing, we would do. I'll give you a for instance. By the way, we are seven minutes into the show. And this is the part of the show I would like to have sponsored by somebody. My obligatory part of the show where I say, this is not at all what I wanted to talk about this episode, 162, Dumbing It Down With Dave. But this is, I hit the button, and this is what happened. Um, I would, um, there is, let me tell you what's going on right now. Right now, and I think I've mentioned it on the show before, I'm, I'm sure I have, because it's a big uh, problem for me, is that we have a thing called Metro North. Metro, short for Metropolitan? Sure, why not? Metro North? Yeah, because it goes north from New York City. And uh, they call it Metro North. There is no metro south, east, or west. It's only north. And uh, people commute 
to and from New York City on Metro North. They also commute on the Long Island Railroad. That goes specifically to Long Island. There's also Jersey Transit, which goes to Jersey. And you could access all of that, I think, from Manhattan. All of those, yes. All of those could be accessed from Manhattan. And then there's the New York City subway. What bothers me about Metro North is, I, I'm pretty sure that's government-owned. Maybe it's semi-private. I really don't know. But let's just say, for instance, it's government-run. Government-owned and all that other stuff. Uh, there are many times that I... Well, not many, but the few times that I've run Metro North, it's empty. You know, because I don't go peak. I don't go peak hours. I go off-peak. And it's empty. Uh, my wife and I, several times, when we decide we're going to go down to the city to go to do whatever, see a show, it doesn't matter, we always opt to drive. Because if you price off-peak tickets... Let's say on a Saturday or Sunday. I think all the weekend tickets are off-peak. And I price tickets for two, my wife and I, to go round trip from, let's say, Poughkeepsie, New York. Which, by the way, is already a 45-minute to an hour commute from my house. So we would be getting in the car, traveling for 45 minutes to an hour, heading to Poughkeepsie, across a bridge, which we would have to pay the dollar... $25.50 $25.50 toll. Probably pay for parking and then overpay, you know, for the round trip uh, for two people to the city and back. And I think it lets us out uh, at Grand Central Terminal. It's either Grand Central Terminal or it is Penn Station. A lot of you around the world, 99% of you, have no idea where either one of them are. Well, they're both kind of midtown of Manhattan and then from there you still have to walk or catch a cab or whatever my point being you don't have to pay for parking but I did it back in Poughkeepsie so the point of this whole thing is to tell you that no matter what I choose it's going to be more expensive than if we just drove that shouldn't be if I take mass transit it shouldn't be more expensive it should be much cheaper to get people off their cars and onto mass transit. I believe it should be cheaper. The train is already going anyway. Anyway. The electricity that the train is drawing, because they run on electricity, I think, I'm pretty sure, um, is already being drawn. The, the, the uh, engineers, the conductors, the signalmen, the yard master, the ticket master, all these people, they're already at their stations. The only person that is not there at, at any given moment is myself and my wife. And that's $100 or whatever it is, I don't really remember the number, that they are out. I, if I had known I was going to talk about this, then I, I would have been prepared. All I know is that whatever it is, whenever it is I've priced commuting uh, to the city, on Metro North, it's always been way more than it is for my wife and I to drive and then to park. I can pretty much park in New York City for $20 for a whole day. A whole day, $20. And it's very convenient to anywhere I'm going to go in Manhattan. I can, there's, there's hundreds of garages, hundreds of these below you know, the surface of the city streets, you know, the, the apartment buildings, hundreds of garages. 
And I always seem to find the $20 garage, which is basically the cheapest price for like a, a whole day. That's less than a dollar an hour. If you do it, you know, 24 hours, it's less than a dollar an hour. And you can pretty much access them. Most garages, 99.9%, uh, uh, 99.9% of the garages are accessible 24 hours a day. So there's, I, I parked at one once that didn't open until 6 in the morning. I didn't know that when I booked it because I was parked at this guy's door at 5 a.m. And the door was closed to the garage. Like, how is that possible? I rang the bell and everything. Finally, this guy shows up at 6 o'clock like, Oh my god, that was like I was that was crazy. I didn't know what to do. Anyway, um, yeah. How many minutes are we into this? Thirteen minutes. That's a lot of transportation talk. That's a lot of parking talk. That's a lot of New York City Metro North talk. That's a lot of talk about that. But it's not what I wanted to talk about thirteen minutes ago. But it's what came into my mind, and that's ridiculous. That's why you need to put me in charge. Well, what would you do differently, Dave? Well, what I would do differently is I would drastically reduce the prices off-peak. Maybe even on-peak. Don't you think if they could have, they would have? No. I think they're greedy. They're probably very greedy. I think you really have to examine the schedule and the, the times of the days and nights that those trains are most empty. The prices should go way down. Way more, way more. You can start with 10%. You can start with 10%. I don't know. I'm not an actuary. I don't know if that's the actual word I'm looking for. I'm not an economist. I'm not anything. I'm just a truck driver with pie-in-the-sky dreams, with, uh, you know, with pragmatism and idealism and uh, a lot of naivete. I admit all that. Dave, none of these things would work. Well, all I'm telling you is that's my idea. If the train is 90% empty, then maybe we should reduce the prices so more people commute during those hours. Let's get let's find the, the sweet spot. Let's keep on lowering the price and let's announce it and let's get people excited about taking the train. I'm not excited about driving to Poughkeepsie. I am not. That's a drive I'm, I'm not really looking forward to. But I tell you what, if I could save... Well, that's a good question. Dave, how much money would you have to save in a day to make that worth it? Well, $5 is a good start. Dave, you would inconvenience yourself for $5? Um, I don't know about that. $10? That's pretty good. Dave, you're going to go see an off-Broadway show, Broadway show. You're going to spend at least $200 in tickets. You, you and your wife are going to go out to dinner. You might even drink. You might even eat. That's probably another $50 to $100 in Manhattan. $300 and $10 of savings would be enough to get you on a train? Well, it's a start. That's 300 That's whatever it is I would pay for tickets uh, to drive the train. If I save $10, that's money in their pocket that doesn't go into the roads of New York City and New Jersey, and it doesn't go to the Triborough Bridge Authority when I go over the George Washington Bridge, or through the Lincoln Tunnel, or over the Tappanzee, or however I decide to commute. There is a, there is a sweet spot. $10 is a good start. 
And sometimes I, I might not do it because I saved $10. I might do it for principle. Oh, so wait a minute. So now I only commute 45 minutes as opposed to two and a half to three hours? Or two to two and a half hours? Sometimes if I leave early enough, I can hit the city in about two hours. I think so. That might be a little bit pie in the sky, but... Uh, it all depends where in the city you're talking about. The more, the more northern parts of Manhattan, uh, I can reach much... Usually, sometimes it takes 15 minutes to get to midtown. It all depends on the traffic and which road you pick. So, yeah, I might, for $10, I might take the train. I don't have to worry about traffic. I have to worry about the conductor falling asleep at the wheel and rolling over on one of the turns. That's happened in the past. But really, that's only happened like once or twice. So, is that enough? Yeah, that's enough. That's like when a plane disappears over the Atlantic Ocean. Well, airline travel is still the safest way to go. Right. So, uh, so you know, how many Metro North trains have to roll over before it's not the safest mode of transportation anymore? Um, if they can find a way for me to save $10, that's a start. Would it work every time? My wife would probably say, I don't want to drive to Poughkeepsie. I don't want to drive 45 minutes to get to the train. And then you're sitting on a seat. The train's got to be clean. And yeah, it would be nice if there was uh, some comfort value in there. Wow, Dave, you want everything. You're such a... These first world problems. Well, the, the, the technology is there. JetBlue does it on an airplane. I can't imagine how much money they're making. The airlines are always talking about how they don't make money. And JetBlue has definitely uh, made, uh, made their uh, inroads... Interesting word. Inroads into airline travel, uh, into the airline industry, by offering a low-cost airfare and giving you high-cost value. You know, with those uh, private seats of, uh, with the entertainment centers and all that. Emirate Airlines, you know, I just flew over to Italy and we had a really great satellite t- TV or whatever, whatever you call it. Really great, with music and everything. There's a way of doing it, folks. There's a way of getting people off their cars. We're just not excited about it. We're not just paying attention to it. We don't do it. There's that malaise. There's nothing. There's, there's, there's nothing being done. Nobody's making it appealing. They're happy with the commuter money they make because I know they make a lot of commuter money, you know, during the work week, during the peak hours, and then off peak gets ignored, gets neglected. I should be getting emails. I should be getting. I should be seeing commercials. I should be getting phone calls or whatever saying. Uh, hello, resident of the Hudson Valley. Did you know that Metro North just reduced their off-peak fares by 50%? How about once a month they have free day? What? Yes. Once a month. Free day. Maybe on Fridays. <laughs> no. You know, free day. Fridays is too expensive. You can't do, you know, but maybe uh, Friday p.m. Free day Friday, free day Saturday, free day Sunday for like these eight hours. Try to make it concentrated so you can schedule conductors and engineers. Schedule, redo the schedule. Free day Saturday, free day Friday. From this hour to this hour, bang, free. Free. You got to be on the train during, you know, you're highlighted in orange. These trains right here, free. And then maybe businesses in Manhattan, by the way, I realize that Manhattan is like one very small part of the world, but it's an idea that Washington, D.C. can adapt and other cities can adapt that have transit or mass transit or, or don't. And, they, and Chicago, for sure. I know Chicago does. 
But there's got to be a way to incentivize people out of their cars and into mass transit, into buses and trains. And then you offer an incentive. Hey, when you get to Manhattan, there's a booth there. You get to the Grand Central Station, there's a booth there. A booth. What? A booth. And you go there and you get a discount ticket for a restaurant. Hey, you go get a discount ticket for an Uber ride. Or it's on your ticket already. Your ticket has a, a, a barcode. You, you, somehow you figure out a way to t- take that barcode and turn it into 10% discounts on food and transportation when you get to Manhattan. Wow, Dave, these are great ideas. Are you like a high school graduate or, or a Yale graduate? Are you a Rhodes Scholar? Yeah, I'm an ROAD Scholar. I know how to get people out of cars and into mass transit. You have to incentivize. Again, you have to incentivize. We don't incentivize. We only penalize. Yet another situation where a high school graduate, CDLA, barely high school graduate. Uh, I like to say that I get out of high school on my looks and my charm. CDLA, commercial driver's license, A-class vehicle graduate. That's That's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And that was open book. But yet I know how to get people off the roads and onto uh, mass transit trains and buses. Incentivize. What was the show you wanted to do? I don't remember now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway. Oh. The following program is rated D. No, I don't want that. We already know that. Oh, yeah, I don't have that button. Okay. By the way, thank you to Alex Exum for providing that voice at the top of the show. Harry wants to tell you something. The following program is rated D for dumb. Rated D for dumb, but rated D for discount. 22 minutes in. That's great. we got eight minutes to go. I'm going to take a drink break. I don't have the sound effect for it. It's somewhere on this phone, maybe. I don't know if I... I know I eliminated it before to make room for Harry. So let's just take a drink break. Are you ready? I have some water and a... Recycled Pepsi Max bottle, 20 ounce Pepsi Max. I'm having a drink of water. Enjoy. All right, we're back. That was a delicious uh, sip of water. I might have more. That was a lot of talking. 22 minutes straight of mass transit, discount trains and buses, incentivizing talk. I did not know I was going to go down that route. I think what I was going to do was I was going just to talk about not remembering too much of Sunday. Because I didn't get any sleep. I went down to visit mom. Mom's doing okay, by the way. Thank you for asking. She's doing okay. I wish the insurance companies would not be so tight with their money. Again, another situation where there's money, but they're not spending it. Because it's too expensive, I guess, to take care of a human. (laughs) It's not expensive if if you take care of a human just enough. Just enough that they don't die in your care. That's basically, I think, what's going on with my mother. Is that... Blue Cross Blue Shield and whoever's involved with Medicaid is spending enough money to keep her alive but not too much money so she can have some progress but Mr. Canyon your mom is 82 years old your expectations of her recovery is just too high really really Nazi Holocaust survivor concentration camp survivor deafness survivor 82 years old a woman 82 has made it this far I'm underestimating her abilities to recover. F you. Okay. I, I, listen, 
I know this is true. I know that a lot of people overestimate their uh, family's ability to recover. I'm not saying my mother's going to do a song and a dance. I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying she could be a lot further along if they loosen up those uh, money belts and pay for the physical therapy three, four times a week, once or twice a day, AM, PM therapy. I know if I had Trump money, I'd be paying for it. I'd absolutely be paying for it. She'd have her own personal, everyday physical therapist. That physical therapist would probably be making fifty to seventy-five to hundred thousand dollars a year just taking care of Sonia. That's what I would pay for. She'd have an occupational therapist. She'd have a speech therapist. She'd have uh, an eye exam once a month or whatever to make sure that we have uh, her vision is the best it can be. She'd have a twenty-four-seven uh, concierge interpreter. Somebody who can interpret, make phone calls, and do whatever. She'd have an assistant. If I had Trump money, my mother would be in good hands. I don't have Trump money. I don't have any money. Not enough. I have enough money to spend too much money driving down in my car to Manhattan, to uh, to Brooklyn via New Jersey to get stuck in traffic. I would take Metro North, but it's too expensive. I don't have Metro North money. That's what I wanted to say. See how I tied in the two stories? That's pretty clever. That's the uh, the artist uh, the, known as Dave making that happen. So anyway, I saw mom and dad. That was exhausting. Not as bad of a visit. We got really serious at the end. We got really serious at the end. I, they needed them to understand that this, this what's going on right now is the status quo for now. But it will not be the status quo forever. I had to, under, I had to explain to my father, Dad, you're 81, mom's 82. At some point, you're going to be 82. She'll be 83. Then you'll be 83. She'll be 84. At some point, Dad, you have to you have to prepare for the eventuality that you might not be here for Mom. And you're going to leave in my lap a huge financial mess. Your apartment will be a mess. You need to think about the future. I can only come down here once every six weeks. I can't be by your bedside night and day. I can't come down here every week. And I spent a lot of time expressing to my parents, you guys really need to think about the future. Where where you where that future is and what it looks like. Because if my father goes before my mother goes, folks, it's going to be really hard for me. Because the phone call that will be made, and I explained this to my parents, the phone call that will be made will be made to Dave Canyon, not to Dave Canyon's sister. And everybody's eyes and ears and emails and phone calls and, and letters, it will all be addressed to the son of Harold and Sonia, Dave Canyon. It will all fall on me. And Gorelick, well, there you go. And the company that I work for at the time, whoever I work for, I don't know how understanding they will be when I take a leave of absence. Because I will have to take a leave of absence. Because I know the work that will need to be done will need to be done 24-7 at first until I can iron out the details. And I'm going to have to break the news to my mother probably. I, who knows? I don't know what that looks like. I just know that the burden will fall on me. And I tried to explain to my 81 and 82-year-old parents, unless they're 82 and 83, I forget already. Guys, what are you going to do? you got to think about this. You can't just sit here and watch TV all day and read the paper and do your exercise. you got to think about the future. you got to prepare. So don't give me your mess 
they're going to leave me a mess. That apartment my father's living in now is probably a mess. He's a one-man wrecking crew. I'm afraid to go see it. And he's going to tell me how tired it is and how difficult it is for him to do things. But that's only a half-truth. My mother's just wasting away in this nursing home with this on-and-off schedule of therapy, on-and-off, on-and-off, on-and-off. She can have it, she can't have it, she can have it, she can't have it. That's the way things work these days. I can only advocate so much alone. Everything I'm doing is alone. That's hard. It's not wah wah hard. I'm not like, oh, I'm saying there's a reality here. The reality is eventually this will all come to an end. If my father goes peacefully in his sleep, that would be a blessing. If my mother goes peacefully in his sleep, that would be a blessing. I hope my father doesn't, uh, you know, have a heart attack or something in the, in the car. You know, and, and do damage to other people, you know, because he drives. He, he still likes to drive. Uh, there's so many different variations of ending a life. It's, it's frightening to me that this could go the wrong way. This could end up in a, in a fire because he's cooking something in the kitchen and he, he dies. You know, whatever. There's a lot of scary endings for my father. For my mother, probably not as much. But I'm trying to lead a life of uh, uh, this countdown to, um, yeah, I think that's what I wanted to talk about. My countdown to transition. Is that what my show was about, 161? I think it's all coming back to me now with 30 seconds to go on the show. I think I was talking about my countdown to transition to, re- you know, to life, to retirement. But anyway, listen, I got 15 seconds left. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'll try to expand on this more in episode 162. Goodbye, good day, good night, good luck, good riddance, good rats. Godspeed and great skills. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Bye.